Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. TPV Radio, Central Texas. This is God's Journey Child, Theodore Chestnut, and you're listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go! There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 in this station. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go! What's good, radio family? The Psalmist Voice Radio Network has an all-star lineup just for you. Just pick your flavor. Starting with, on Sundays, the Psalmist Voice Reloaded at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, followed by Satellite with Michael Ceballos at 4.30 p.m. Mondays, The Grub at 12 noon. Darcy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Tuesdays, Victory Over the Weights of Life with Sister Deanne Labrine at 6 p.m. Fridays, Real Talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4 p.m. Saturdays is our triple hitter, and it starts off with Saturdays for Best with Sister Lorraine Brown, followed by Brother Now Presents with Pastor Gene Homer at 4 p.m. and Moto Bar Nation with Sandra Grace at 7 p.m. The Thomas Voice presents by appointment only, coming soon. TPP Radio's open mic open to all pastors preachers, and artists, and we're going to get it in to be announced. You can also catch us on Live 365, 24-7. Just search the Thomas Voice Radio Network, and you're in there. Walk with us, family. Let's go. At Majal's Products, we care for a better you with our handmade natural ingredients, to give you healthier skin, body, and stronger hair. Like our face, foot, hair, and body care products. To order yours today, please visit our website at www.majowsproducts.com or on Facebook at Majows Products. Get yours today and get your faster results without breaking the bank. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. 
You're, you're, you're listening to Cell Life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio. Hey everybody, this is Michael coming to you from Cell Life, man. The only active prison cell in the free world. We are going to go ahead and uh, uh, start off with uh, giving our uh, honor to God. So if you all just bow your heads. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together today, Lord. Father, we ask that the words that, 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 that we choose to share, Lord, that they be yours, Father, that, that, that someone be touched by the words that we share, Father, through you, Father. And we just ask that you allow us to just uh, uh, be, be used and, uh, and that we honor you in everything that we do, Lord. We thank you with all our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so how's everybody doing? This is Michael Savalos with Cell Life. This is day 110 in a year-long experiment into personal transformation, my own, and educating society on the different issues that convicts face inside and outside the walls. Today, we've got a great show planned for y'all today. We're going to go through what they are calling the Texas Transition Resource Guide. It is a resource guide that's been around for a long time, uh, but has been, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, outdated at at different times. Uh, People have uh, retired from doing it, and we have Jason Wysong and Bill Kleiber on today. And Bill Kleiber is like a grandfather of these uh, transition guides, these resource guides. He uh, has been doing them for a very long time and had been doing them for a very long time, for at least 20 or more years. And uh, Jason came in and kind of took the reins and has been uh, doing a great job with it. And we, he just came out with an eight-page uh, Texas Transition Resource Guide, and that's what we're here to talk about today so that we can share these things with the different ministries and the different people that want to help people that are coming out because they need it. Uh, that are, uh, these are up-to-date uh, resources that have been checked on and rechecked, and now the list has been released. So today I want to, uh, I want to introduce two people. Uh, I want to introduce uh, Mr. Bill Kleiber, and he is a former executive. Executive Director for Restorative Justice Ministry Network, now the president of Welcome Back Texas, who helped put together this guide or who is the uh, author of this guide, and a treasurer for Inmate Discipler Fellowship. He's invested the past 20 years towards activating the energy of the church in building sustainable ministries to help prisoners, former prisoners, victims of crimes, and corrections professionals. We, wanted, we do not want to leave out the corrections professionals because they are the ones taking care of us, and they're the ones taking care of our loved ones. So anyway, that is Bill Cliver. Uh, and now let me uh, go ahead and read Jason's bio, who is a very uh, 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 large one, and he's, very, uh, he's done a lot of stuff. So Jason Wysong, who's uh, one of my mentors, who is my personal mentor, and a very good friend of mine. Uh, Jason began serving as volunteer mentor with CRGMA, Christian, Re- Christian Restorative Justice Mentor Association, at the East Ham Unit in 2015. And the East Ham Unit is a unit in Huntsville. Right? It's a prison unit. And then since then, he has served as a mentor in five different units and is the founder of 
and is the founder and volunteer coordinator for the Win Unit Mentor Program. He currently serves as the vice chair on the board of CRGMA. Along the way, he has served in various other prison ministries in other prison ministry programs, including Kairos and Jubilee Ministry, Weekends, Bill Glass Behind the Walls Ministry, Mike Barber Ministries, Prison Entrepreneurship Program, who I am a uh, graduate of, and Bridges to Life, the 2019 Governor's Award winning H-O-N-O-R, honoring, helping our neighbors overcome and rebuild program assisting incarcerated veterans and serves as a justice advocacy ambassador for the for prison fellowship. In 2019, God, Jason, you got me winded, brother. You got a lot of accomplishments here. In 2019, as leader of the prison ministry at Woodlands Church, Jason facilitated the founding of the first CRGMA female mentoring program at the Henley State Jail in Dayton, Texas, with the women of Woodlands Church. Jason recently accepted the role of partnership liaison between CRGMA and Crosswalk Center, Houston's Hopeful Reentry Hub, where he will also act as volunteer coordinator for mentoring, coaching at Prison Fellowships Crosswalk Center, Houston's Hopeful Reentry. Oh, oh, uh, Prison Fellowships Carol Vance Unit. I'm sorry. Between the two organizations, Jason is the Prison Ministry Connect Group leader, where he now worships at the Hope City Church. So there you go. We have Jason Wysong and Mr. B- and Mr. Bill Cliver. How are y'all doing today, fellas? Another damn paradox. Okay, Bill, how are you doing? Jason, how are you, sir? I'm good. Am, am I on? Okay, good. Yes, sir, you are on. Yes. Okay, okay so well. so I, I just introduced to both of y'all. Uh, I, guess, I guess, Jason, we'll go ahead and let Bill kind of start off and just kind of give us some history of this, uh, of this uh, resource guide that you have been a part of for so long, Bill. Well, I guess that resource guide uh, was really uh, visualized by Chaplain Emmett Solomon 20 years ago. I started there as a volunteer, and he had the vision of uh, he'd already created – he was the head of all the chaplains at TDCJ, and he retired and started Restored Justice Ministry Network. And we had gotten enough volunteers going in, but there, there was a vacuum. Once we got out, there was no help once we got out. The church was sure. in there promising all these promises. And uh, so we started all kinds of, uh, we had a full staff. So we had reentry guides for San Antonio and Dallas and Austin. And we started Welcome Back where we met with the guys the night before they were released uh, there at the Huntsville unit. And they'd raise their hands where you're going to Houston or Dallas or whatever. And we had volunteers that started handing them out. And of course, I guess really it started in 1994 when he started Informs. It was a newspaper then. I don't know, about eight, ten pages that we would mail into the inmates and had ministry uh, information. I remember in there. that, Bill. I remember that. Yeah, it was. The guys really appreciated it, and there's still people calling some of those numbers, but those people are <laughs> they're probably in their 60s then, 100 years old. I'm sorry, but I know Right, right, right. We uh-huh. missed them. But, so just, just basically – uh, to give people some resources in there. And I just want to state this, that it's terrific that you're going to post that on your web and everything, 
But for those that are listening, what we need to do is we need to print that out and send that in to the inmates there. Just like Emma Solomon, he paid out of his pocket $25,000. He paid $25,000 a quarter to print that newspaper and ship it out because he knew those inmates. And they call all the time saying they need a halfway house or they need this. They're eligible for parole. So we just need to give them a, a hand up. We don't do handouts. We're just giving them a hand up so they can find the resources. There you go. <laughs> yes, sir. I like that. I love that. So, so Bill, how did you and Jason come about working together? And, uh, uh, you know, just tell us a little bit about y'all's relationship. Well, the Mentors Association, Murray Bat, with the Texas Restore Just Mentors Association, it used to be on our board. So I've known Murray for probably 20 years. And then through that, and I believe I met uh, Jason last year at the Methodist State Conference. We were both there answering questions about restorative justice. They have an annual conference with a bunch of people. And uh, and I had a resource guide there, and I believe he looked at that, and then he's taken two or three other resource guides and put together the best of the best. Excellent, excellent. So so, uh, Jason, uh, let me tell you, uh, or let me ask you, how uh, how difficult was it to put this 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 uh, this guide together and find all these different resources and and eliminate and, you know, I'm, I mean, did you do it yourself? Did you have a team? You know, uh, uh, I, I just want to kind of know how, how it kind of came about and what your vision is for it. Well, uh, first off, I just want to say uh, how uh, happy I am to be uh, back on your show. Um, I'm, I'm Actually, it's an honor. I'm a member of the Second Timers Club now, right? You are. You are, Jason. You, yes. You're officially... Yes. You are officially a member of the second timers. The timers, so that's that's an honor. It's just yeah. Yeah. So it's great to be back, and it's great to have this opportunity to share um, with your audience um, some really great information and the resources that are available um, for those who are uh, reentering. Um, sure. So, um, so I'm I'm glad that we started out with Bill because I was going to suggest that since um, he's been in this business a lot <laughs> longer than me, and and was my his um, original uh, sh- uh, resource guide was was my inspiration. Um, sure. So, um, back to uh, your question was just how difficult was it? Um, sure. For me. Um, it wasn't difficult at all because I love this. I love what I do. Um, was it a lot sure. of hard work? Yes. <laughs> yes. If if I were to um, write down for you what I what I did, the people I talked to, the different organizations that I went to, you would look at it and say, "Wow, I have a lot of work to do." <laughs> I have a lot. This, is, this right. is really a lot. Right. Um, but for me, it wasn't work at all. It was fun um, because I love it. So, uh, but yeah, certainly um, a lot of different um, organizations and just um, being in the right place, um, being a part of a Kairos team and talking to a guy who knew of a spot. I believe it was, and I've got it in front of me, the, the spot in Midland called Stepping Stone Ministry. And I just happened to be uh-huh. talking to a guy. 
uh, on my team who had worked with a guy who uh, wanted to go to Midland. And so they, that's how he became aware of Stepping Stone Ministry up in, Mid- in Midland. And so I thought, oh, okay, well, I don't know anybody right now, but I might one day. And so I should go ahead and make note of that um, So just in case I do. Um, so it was just it was just a lot of, you know, ultimately uh, the, the Lord putting me in the right place at the right time and connecting me to the right people um, to to put this together and make it available for people. So, you know, as I, I always say I sign off. Um, I always sign my name at the end of an email or whatever. It's just just doing the Lord's work. Amen, amen. Well, I, I'm I'm going to tell you from coming from the from the inside out that uh, we have we have been receiving these resource guides and 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 uh, using them for many many years, and to have one uh, that is updated and has been and that that we can give to them. That they can actually uh, uh, not spend their own personal resources getting to, and then not even get anything out of the, you know, out of now we actually have, you know, some information or you know some up to date information that these men can use, and I think that's very exciting. I'm very excited to be sharing this with our audience. Uh, I wanted uh, uh, so so it's eight pages, Jason. Right? Is that correct? About eight um, pages. Well, uh, seven. The last two pages are the is the um, what is called the uh, felon friendly employer list, which is comes about to about a page and a half almost. So so yeah, the grand total ends up uh, being about eight pages. But yeah. Okay. Okay. So the so the last part is like a, a oh, okay the welcoming like a oh I see the felon friendly employee list. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Correct. so so so. Where do you want to, let's I want to kind of go through this Jason uh with you and Bill if you like and kind of just I mean I just want to kind of talk about the different resources that you have on here and uh how someone uh can just kind of navigate this guide and and use it effectively and uh you know I just want to hear your take on it I mean y'all put it together Jason you did or you know your team or whoever and I want to know you know, I just want to kind of give the guys an idea of uh, what's on it and, you know, how to use it. Well, the first page of the guide is a lot of, of the stuff that I got from Bill, actually. Um, so, uh, Bill, I don't I don't know if, if you want to share about kind of your thinking and your inspiration for this, this first page of information with the hotlines and the reentry checklist and all that. Well, basically, that's just a list of uh, people that we know that have been doing this for years. And you have to update it all the time because uh, things change as you go along. And it's frustrating for these guys when they they may not even get stamps. You know, they got to get stamps from the state to mail something out and they don't get replies. But basically, sure. it's help with food clothes, jobs, uh, hospitals, like every county is different, but here in Montgomery County where I am, when you get out, you can go down to the hospital, uh, the Montgomery County Hospital Association. They will give you six months of Blue Cross Blue Shield free. It includes free dental, everything. And the same thing in in Houston. I mean, if you go to Ben Tobb, 
I mean, I know that they used to have what they called the gold card, and I believe they still do. I'm not sure, but you would get that for six months or a year, and that would, right. uh, you know, cover your medical expenses. But so medical is a big issue. If you have medical problems or you have uh, uh, dental problems, dental can lead to all kinds of other health problems. But sure. and you would think that hey, that's great, man. That you you can go down. But then they have transportation issues. They can't get down there to sign up for it. You know, people that's right. people don't understand all of the challenges that are there. And I don't know about y'all, but when I got out, I was depressed. I spent about two weeks. I did nothing but lay on the couch, and I got up to go to the bathroom and get something to eat, and that was it. I mean, it just drains drains all your energy, and you just can't function. And, you, you, you know, for me, I didn't realize how bad I messed up my life till after I got out. I had a plan. I thought I had it all going on. But don't be discouraged. You have to you have to keep going, and like when I was a salesman for 40 years, I used to tell people that I got paid directly in proportion to the amount of rejection that I could accept on a daily basis. So the rejection. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I love it's, it's that. Personal. I love that. It's not That's personal. Funny. You just got to keep going, and you got to find mentors, and you have to have you have to find people that are. It's also a list of people that are receptive to the issues that you have going on. So and it's so we have this list going on, but at the same time they can uh call me or email me if they somebody's listening and they provide some services that aren't listed on there, you can call. I can Absolutely. And uh one yeah, thing that yeah, I this is yeah, that's One definitely that something I'm, we – yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Bill, because we definitely – if anyone knows of any resources that are out there that are not on this list that we can add to it, please contact uh, uh, Jason or uh, Bill. Uh, their, their, their information is on here. Uh, uh, Welcome Back Texas at Yahoo.com is on here. You can send the information there, and, uh, you know, that way we can continue to build on this thing. But, yeah, we definitely need to make it a priority – so that so that we can you know keep it up to date and uh, continue to add to it. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Bill. But go ahead, you, you yeah. keep going through your bill if you like. And one thing I want to make sure I know there are people that are listening that have received the free cell phones. We've handed out tens of thousands of those free cell phones. So I'm going to yes, talk sir. about it now. And here in a minute, I, I'll go through it again so that they got a pen and piece of paper, but just listen to what I have to say. Uh, there's a program that Ronald Reagan initiated when it was just landlines, no cell phones back then. But now for, I don't know, 10, at least 10, 12 years, we've been handing out free cell phones at the bus station. We don't do it anymore. But you, anybody that earns less than $17,500 a year, is entitled to a free cell phone. The way you do it is you get somebody with a smartphone, like I'm talking on my iPhone. You find somebody with a smartphone. You look up on the web, just Google safelink.net, S-A-F-E-L-I-N-K. I'm sorry, safelinkwireless.net. You just go on there. You put your personal information in. They're going to ask you to take a picture of your ID. It's got a got to be a current 
Texas driver's license or current Texas state ID, your prison ID will not work. And then they're going to ask you to take a picture of your proof of income. So proof, you have got to prove that you have less than 17500 And the easiest way to do that is your food stamp award letter. It's going to ask you to take a picture of your food stamp award letter or your Medicaid card or this or that. So it's a safe, you just go to safelinkwireless.com is, is the number one. If you don't like them, you can type in free government phone, and it'll give you a list of free cell phone providers. And they need those phones. I mean, how are you going to get a job if you don't have a phone number for them to call you back or you have to leave your mama's phone number or, or that? So, I'll, Sure, I'll, sure. Yeah, there are so uh, many obstacles. Uh, that is that is so true. You know, some of them are are – are so are so subtle and and so so common to normal people out here that we don't even really realize uh, uh, some of the obstacles that are in front of these men and women as they come out of prison. You know what I'm saying? Because we just, yeah, because we just take them for granted. I'm laughing because I'd meet these guys at the bus station when they were released. And we'd give them our little resource guide and everything. And they'd get down to Houston. And they'd be calling me and they'd say, Bill, Bill, these people are crazy down here. So what are you talking about? These people are walking around talking to themselves. Everybody's walking around <laughs> talking to themselves. They're on drugs or something. Just, no, man, they're talking on their cell phone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, they, a lot of these guys have not – I mean, I am having a big problem, a big learning curve with technology. I mean, I, I am uh, – I, I can't seem to get over it. I mean, I, I, I start to do some things, and I'll forget. And so, yeah, so I get it. Yeah, it's a uh, – you know, you, you, you miss a lot of uh, what goes on out here in life, you know, and it, you kind of have to relearn a lot of things, but – so, you so can go ahead and go on, Bill. That. I'm sorry, because uh, uh, no, I'll, 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 I'll get us off course in a heartbeat. That's an important issue right there. It's not just technology, but it's all kinds of other things. So I used to – for 10 years, I was the president of the Houston Conservatory of Music. We taught music lessons and things, too. So uh, we had a board meeting one time, and there were people that wanted to pay for one hour of music lessons. Instead of 30 minutes, but I had all these professors from Rice University and University of Houston and whatnot. They said, no, 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 no. They said, no, they're willing to pay for it. They said, look, this is the way it works. The human brain remembers the first 15 minutes of a lesson and the last 15 minutes and maybe a little bit in the middle. So really, the, the, my, what I try to convey is if you will try to do anything for 30 minutes a day, practice guitar, practice technology, practice look at your cell phone, 30 minutes a day, and within one year, you will be an expert at that, whatever that is. Wow. You're to do. So don't try to yeah. tackle it all at once. You just do it in little 30-minute intervals. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, because it becomes overwhelming. If 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 you try to tackle it all at once, with and with you don't the, remember uh, it, you know we're already struggling with our uh, communication. You know, when we come out, you know, just like you said, for a couple of weeks, you just laid on the couch. Uh, you know, it, it's a big change. It's a big transition, and that's one of the reasons. Uh, you know, I I came in to sell because I was fearful of. Uh, 
of what I might not be able to take care of for myself, you know? So I decided to come up with some type of concept to try and prepare myself before I actually hit the streets. So, uh, and I'm so glad that the resource guide came out because uh, maybe I can use some of it and I haven't even gotten out yet. So, uh, it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it is. And just well, go like ahead, Dave, Bill. Went, went through and called all of those people just like me. As I've done these resource guides over the years, I've become very good friends with these people. There are people uh, that are good-hearted Christians or or other faiths too. Muslim, it doesn't matter, but they they have the whole key to this whole thing is being part of something bigger than ourselves. That's Amen. the key. Mm-hmm. For us yes. to accept to be part of something bigger than ourselves, just like Joshua and I were part of a, a church body. I'm, I'm advocate for several churches, but they're they're like my friends. And I don't know about you, you, but you know, my mom was married eight times. I left home when I was 15, so the I did not have the best discipline in the world. What I learned was. Uh, to survive and that it was okay for me to do whatever it took to survive. So I have sure. to surround myself with people that like Emmett Solomon, people at first Baptist, uh, Murray bad, all of these people, they be seeing me do something and say, now, Bill, that's not the way we do it. Got to kind of pull you back a little bit, huh? Yeah. 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 Because, uh, uh, you know, I was the oldest of four children. I took care of my brothers and sisters, so my mom could go out and drink and do whatever she wanted to do. And I learned that I could make up my own rules. That Bill made the rule that I didn't have to follow. That's not a good lesson. That's not a good lesson. Yeah. See. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll just kind of pass the baton to Joshua. Maybe he'll talk about some of the people that he met because I, I know it's so wonderful. You know, you talk to these people, and in addition, we had that toll-free 800 number where I'd receive 30 to 60 phone calls a day of restorative justice. People needing wow. help, and a lot of them were pastors and people like that calling and say, hey, I got so-and-so, and I need to do this. And maybe Joshua can share some of the favorite stories. Of, like, he's got Crosswalk there. I remember when they first started up, Crosswalk, and now look where they are. Yeah, that's excellent. You mean, yeah, that you mean, is really cool mean, to see, huh? Cool to see how the uh, how it has progressed. Jason, do you want to expound on that? What Bill was saying, the, the different people that you have connected with, and and built relationship with, built relationships with through this uh, uh, endeavor. Um, the different people that I've connected with uh, and built relationships with uh, are obviously are many. Uh, again, as I uh, open with to to do something like this, um, a- again um, starting uh, with Bill, and um, then just hearing uh, from different individuals um, that I had served on whichever ministry that I was I happened to be on, whether it was mentoring or or Kairos or you know Bridges to Life or PEP or whatever, um, just um, um, you know, you, you don't uh, open open uh, a conversation with somebody asking them to give you something, right? Uh, you get some, you you uh, build a relationship with them, 
and you connect with them, you network with them, and um, and that is um, where the mutual beneficial exchange of information um, can can happen. So um, everything again from those individuals, the last, the very last uh, um, piece that I just recently that I got just because um, that was the last ministry that I was able to participate in before the shutdown was Mike Barber ministry. And uh, wow. so I went in with, uh, with Mike Barber and his folks and just happened to mention what I did with mentoring. And then I was always on the lookout for uh, trend, uh, transitional resources for the guys. And one of his sure. staff members um, handed me a sheet of paper and said, um, here you go. Uh, this is what we have. This is the resource sheet that we have. Um, I can't guarantee how many of those places are still open or how many of those places are still uh, running, but um, but you can have this sheet and you can see for yourself. And so sure enough, I went through that sheet <laughs> and uh, nearly 40 to 50% of the organizations on that sheet um, had been closed down, no, no longer operational. And so uh, I was able to kind of weed through that. And how old, how old was that guy that you went through, Jason? You know, I, I can't say uh, for sure. I, I, I was just wondering, <laughs> I was just kind of wondering how long it took it to get out of so far out of date. That's all. Yeah. It, it, it I'm sure that it must've been, many years because the sheet of paper that he gave me it looked kind of old and the print was faded (laughs) right 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 (laughs) it looked like it had seen better days Um, so it looked it it, it, it had his aging uh, uh, had an aging look it did it did yes (laughs) yes so um, but nonetheless I'm thankful for um you know, participating with Mike Barber Ministries and for happening to have a conversation with the right person and sharing about what I do and how I serve and that they found in their heart to share what they had available to them. And even if it was only half of it was usable, they gave what they what they could. And, uh, and I think uh, going back to what Bill said, serving the greater good – um, I've, I think I've, I've always long believed that we, as we were created to, to serve others, um, we we cannot be full, um, complete people if we're focused on self. <laughs> we we have to to look outward and give back. We're all made to give back to others, and whether you know whether it's for the three of us in prison ministry or. It's working in the in childcare or, or you know being a missionary or whatever your calling is, I always encourage people to find what you were made to do in the area in which you were called to serve others because I think we all were called to serve in in some area and uh, while I am certainly called to serve in this area, there's a lot of areas that I'm not called to serve in at all. <laughs> uh, not, not for me. So, um, so I'm thankful that I I have a clear. A lot of people are questioning what their gifting is, uh, and I 
am blessed that uh, I don't have to question that, that I know exactly what I'm gifted and called to do. That's, sure. Because that the Lord great. has made it very clear. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It is it's definitely a, a blessing to know uh, what your calling is because you can, you know, be guided by God. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a beautiful thing. I am, uh, you know, when you were saying that, that you know what you're good at and, and, you know, and so I was kind of thinking, you know, well, you know, the, the unconventional type ministry that I am trying to create and, uh, trying to get across to some men is, uh, uh, you know, is, uh, kind of difficult and, uh, but, uh, I don't know. I love, I too love what I'm doing, so it really does not. Uh, I mean, I don't want to just get so cliche, but they say if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So, uh, you know, I I love uh, serving. Uh, I definitely love serving uh, the men that I've been uh, in prison with for the last 35 years. So. Uh, you know, uh, guys that I was in state school with and and TDCJ, guys that are still coming out. Most men come out. So we definitely, this is a very, very extremely important resource, God, to help these men and women when they're released. And I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about sharing it on the show today. I want to go further into it, uh, Jason or Bill, whoever would like. Uh, we are on the front page, and I, you know, I just see the different hotlines like Jason and Bill were both talking about. The uh, uh, And then on the second page, uh, we go into transitional housing resources. Is there anything else that any of y'all would like to cover on this first page, Bill or Jason? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I do. Go ahead, uh, Bill. Bill. Go ahead, Jason. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Yeah, so – um, so just for, for the listeners who don't have this in front of them, right, let's, um, I want to really draw a picture for them of what we're looking at um, with. It begins with, at the very top, Welcome Back Texas, Restoring Lives One Soul at a Time, uh, the Restorative Justice Ministries of Texas Hotline, and a contact um, for who that number belongs to, um, websites, and then you get into the reentry checklist with, um, getting a, a social security card, re- getting your birth certificate again, getting a, a, a Texas ID, um, who can, where you can go to get help with that, um, with the hotlines, Alcoholics Anonymous. Enough said, right? Don't need to say any more about that. Um, American Red Cross, Ask Your Nurse, um, all of these great hotlines that are there for the guys, really very important. And then and then, um, and a lot of that stuff I did again copy from from Bill's list. But you get down into the social services and clothing um, section still at the bottom of page one. Um, Interface sure. of Woodlands um, offers uh, resources, clothing, um, and a and a brand new addition to this list is one that I had discussed with you. Um, um, was about uh, Michael sure. was about the uh, clothing source. Uh, by a man named Mr. Marlon Branch, and he has partnered with the Providence House, the Isaiah House uh, Transitional Center, and they have a little clothing store that they offer for guys who are just got out. So 
uh, I personally haven't even been inside there, but I have spoken with him, and uh, they ha- offer a selection um, at a discounted price. So, um, and, I've, and, so that, and I've spoken to them too, Jason, when you referred me to them. So yeah, they are definitely a good resource, and they were uh, uh, they were very very helpful. So yeah, so that rounds out. That finishes up page one. If that's, I don't know, okay. if that's if that's if that's enough information for page one, I don't know. Should I put more information on page one, Michael? Well, I mean, if, if, I, I I think we could probably fit a few more things up there. We'll see if we can get <laughs> I think we could still squeeze some more. I know it's in page one. We got to get more good information for the guys. That's it's important, Michael. Yes, sir. We got to get more, okay, all right. as much as we can get. <laughs> that's right. Guys, that's right. So y'all, please, if anyone has any information, we will be we will be posting this guide on the cell life. Uh, Facebook page and the Michael Ceballos Facebook page and where else can they uh, get this uh, uh, resource guide at Jason on online? Honestly, um, I don't uh, because of Facebook makes it difficult to post uh, documents, PDFs, that kind of thing on Facebook pages. Sure. Um, and unless you have a restaurant and you want to post your menu um other than that they don't they don't make it real easy to do um and uh because this uh guide is still uh, pretty new uh relatively um the this version of it anyways um it's not even it's not on the crjma website either at this point sure um so we can we share it can can they contact me jason and i can email it to them can we share it that way absolutely Yes. Okay, good. So so if anyone out there uh, has anything or wants one of the resource guides, y'all can either email me or message me either at the Psalmist Voice or uh, uh, or at my personal Facebook, Michael Ceballos, or Cell Life Facebook, and y'all can message me, and I will get y'all a copy. Send me your email, and I will send you a copy of the, of the resource guide. And if you have things that you want to share and add to the resource guide once you've received it, that would we can go about it the same way. So anyway, I just want to get that out there. And uh, go ahead, Jason. Uh, do you want to go ahead and transition, no pun intended, into the second page? Um, sure. Well, the second page um, and and maybe the third page uh, and the fourth page – they they're the information is all uh, very similar. Um, it's just again a listing of houses, uh, facilities. So to to go through it, um, we have uh, resources available in. I'll go through it here. Right. Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, Huntsville, Midland, Livingston, Conroe. Of course. Not numerous, numerous facilities, good faith-based facilities, and, and and again, I think it's important as well to um, to point this out, um, Michael. Yesterday, you were sharing about a facility that you ended up transitioning to, and I won't say the name of it, sure. but but that that wasn't such a good place, <laughs> and you sure, knew it wasn't sure. such a good place. And so yeah. that's not what we have on these. Um, and I'm familiar with a couple other ones that I've received feedback from some of the guys that I've mentored that are not such good places. And so we want to yeah. make sure that we have good quality. A lot of them, again, are faith-based uh, places 
that um, that you're not going to be pressured to buy drugs at because sure, this sure. Is, you know, as you fast know, as it is, that's what happens. Sure, sure. And I'm glad you said that, Jason. And 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 I've shared. I don't know if I've shared it on this show, but I've shared about uh, on my Facebook about the uh, halfway house that I that I was sent to, the Reed Center, which is in Houston, Texas. Okay. And uh, everybody knows that okay. uh, anybody anybody that has been in the uh, in the prison system at all that has had to go through a halfway house and has had to go through the reach center knows that I mean it's just a trap. It's a it's a compound of drug use and drug sales and uh you know manipulation. It's it's just a very bad place and these people are receiving monies from our governments to run these places and they're basically turning out worse men than they received. And uh but anyway, so uh, so yeah, I'm so glad that you did point that out, Jason. Because uh, uh, when you're, you know, because it is, we need to have resources on here, just like you said, that are that are uh, uh, serious, that are uh, uh, about change, that are about ministering to these men. You know what I'm saying? And and actually, you know, have a heart for it. You know what I'm saying? So no, no, I'm definitely glad that something. you brought that up. But you can go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. The important thing to remember about the Reed facilities or GO or those people is they don't want you to get out of there. They're getting paid by the state. They get paid every day that they're there. That's right. You know, it's a $2 billion company. They've got prisons in Africa and Australia, and they are not designed to uh, help us. Uh, improve ourselves there's they are designed to keep us in there and they will like the they don't allow cell phones and whatnot well they don't want cell phones because they'll be taking pictures of the guards selling drugs <laughs> yeah <laughs> no so the, the the other the faith-based facilities and it's just like anything else there's good bad or indifferent but uh, you can ask around and uh, people know the good ones, but you have to do, you have to be prepared before you get out. You can't wait till you get out to have a plan. That's right. That's right. And and I'm glad you said, and I'm glad you mentioned that too, Bill, because one of the biggest things is that, okay, we, when we're in prison or when I was in prison, I mean, I would plan every year when I would come up for parole, you know, what I was, you know, how I was going to go about, you know, making all these plans and, uh, it, it's it's very difficult to make plans from prison because you just really you just don't have any idea of what you will truly be facing once you're released. And so uh, once you know that you did make parole, then you really start making plans because now your plans actually have some type of of meaning, or they actually have a a point of entry for your plans. And then uh, you know you it's just it's just hard to plan from prison. So it is very good that we have this resource guide because uh, you know uh, you can do all the plan. I mean we need to plan and we need to work on ourselves while we're in prison without a doubt. But we definitely need uh, help when we're released to kind of navigate uh, some of these things that that we're not used to doing and and that we just don't know about. So anyway, Jason, I'm sorry for uh, 
getting all in the middle of that, but you can go ahead with these uh, transitional houses. Uh, so, um, so let's um, let's uh, uh, do a, a recap. Um, so, okay. um, I'd say it's it's fair to say that the the uh, major largest cities in the state are going to be obviously Houston, um, Dallas, um, Austin, um, and uh, even San Antonio. And sure. um, those cities are certainly represented there with the ex- – actually, San Antonio. San Antonio, um, I have very little on that. So if anyone out there has connections in San Antonio, I could actually use more information about where to go uh, for San Antonio. But um, certainly Houston and Excellent. Dallas and Austin are very well represented here. As well as, of course, some outlying lying, uh, cities, as I mentioned, Midland and Livingston and, and Conroe and whatnot. Sure. As well. Okay. Huntsville, so let's talk you, have about you, this. you even have Huntsville on here. Huntsville. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's so good. let's talk about how this works. Like every day, we would get phone calls to restorative justice for help with food, clothes, housing, and we got letters. All the time, people wanting to smell information for the transition. So, number one, these transitional housing facilities, there's turnover in there. So, some of them, even though Jason just updated this, I guarantee you there's some on there that are not, especially now with this virus thing, that probably aren't open anymore. But, sure. And whether it's the housing or some other need, you call there. And you find out that hey, they can't help me. It's not. It, it's not all about us. They have. They have a passion for some specific uh, service, and they're not going to service me. Uh, they're serving right. some other faction. So don't get upset sure. about that. Well, the the main thing is is when you call them and they can't help you, is say, hey, do you know of anybody else that provides uh, good? housing or food sure. or whatever those people know they they know uh, sure so I, I just want to encourage that that's how that's how these lists grow and then they grow and grow and grow and then they get updated like restorative justice ministries i think we had three or four pages newspaper pages full of resources so once every year or two we have to update them because we're out of date but I just sure, want to say, sure. don't get discouraged. Just because they don't provide the help that you need, do not get discouraged and don't get angry at them. Uh, say, hey, do you know anybody else that can help? And sure, uh, sure. it works. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Definitely, we we definitely need to uh, uh, investigate and ask questions, and you know, be on top of our of 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 our own transition as well. You know, so if something doesn't. Uh, go exactly as planned or, you know, as we thought, we definitely need to, you know, uh, find out how we can get it accomplished. But uh, I was going yes. to, I, I, I was, I, I had a point I was going to make, but I, I forgot, Jason. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, yes. And that also uh, reminds me of um, what I heard from the Crosswalk Center. Um, now, again, Crosswalk Center is uh, one of the newer uh, facilities, uh, but they have a very robust, great, great program um, here in Houston. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Crosswalk, I highly encourage you to reach out to them. 
and find out because they not only have um, they've, I think they've got two houses right now. They're working on a third. And of course, on top of that, they do go in to several units of, I think about five or six of them, and they have programming in there as well. And, um, they just recently formed a, uh, partnership with prison fellowship at the Carol Vance unit. And so the, how the partnership is, is going to work is, um, guys who are a part of the mentoring program at the Carol Vance unit uh, will have an opportunity to go directly from Carol Vance, not, not from the walls like many TDCJ uh, guys get released from. They will get right. released directly from Carol Vance, and because of Carol Vance's partnership with Crosswalk, they can go transition to the Crosswalk Center. Now, of course – as great a program as Crosswalk is, and, and as great as they, uh, the communication, the relationship they have with that particular unit, they still only have a finite number of beds. And so while you may be approved to come and stay at Crosswalk Center upon your release, if something – they can't hold it for months. They can't hold an empty bed for months. For no, years. absolutely so not. Yeah. It's going to get filled. And so – uh, when your time, you finally come home, uh, there's a, there's a chance that we might, you're approved, but we just don't have a bed for you at this minute. So, um, you, you know, you need to come up with a plan B. And so I've heard from Crosswalk that they have, uh, uh, received a lot of complaints from a lot of guys coming out and saying, Oh, Crosswalk center isn't good. They don't work. They're not, you can't trust them and all that. And that's not the case. It's simply that they just they can't hold your bed forever, and so um, so so it, that's why it's all that more important to not you know the old phrase not have all of your eggs in one basket. Have a plan B. Sure, be sure. prepared. You know for, for alternative plans. Sure. You know what's crazy about that story that you just said and about what you were just speaking about is that <coughs> excuse me is that. You know, these men, you know, they have to send out for these halfway houses, okay, to get approved. Uh, then they have to receive a letter. Then they have to turn that letter into parole on the unit. Then the unit parole officer turns it into whatever, to corporate or whatever, and it goes through down the channels. And then eventually when you come up for parole and you see them, Maybe months down the line, it might even be a year since you've been going through this process of trying to get a halfway house. By that time, surely the bed has been, uh, uh, you know, it's been filled, and, and you, you absolutely don't know what's going on at that point. So, yeah, it is a big, big issue with, with when you're trying to get your own halfway house to come out of prison when you're eligible. Uh, but but they don't have they don't have to give you a halfway house. Me, see, I'm under the old law. So when I become parole eligible, they have to release me, and whether they have to find me a bed, it's not like that with these new laws. So they don't have to find you a bed. You have to find your own bed, and it's hard to get that done when the the time frames of in prison and out in the free world are completely on two tip, two different time zones. So you can, right. you, it's going to be so hard to get it right. So, I mean, I understand their, 
crosswalks problem, and it's hard to. Of course, you can't hold a bed for two or three months or a year. I mean, you have yeah. to. You know, you're. You know, but that's what happens to those men. And then their then their halfway houses aren't any good, and then they they get stuck. They get stuck there, and then they try to get another one, and it happens. You know, and just it's a it's a cycle, and it's been going on forever. And I just don't understand. Why we can't fix it? Anyway, well, there's my rant for the show for the day. A mentor. Um, what we need sir? is more mentors. We yes. need more. When you're in prison, you don't know how things work out here. You don't have the news. You don't know how things work out here, and that's why we need more mentors. And I was really excited to hear that uh, Jason was involved with the Henley unit out there for the women and everything. And uh, there are. Places like Crosswalk or, or same thing at Eagle's Nest here in uh, Conroe. That's a great one-year program there. That's not made – not every man that gets out wants to be uh, tied down for a year. Or I had two halfway houses. They were six-month programs. and But we never had one person ever that completed that program that ever went back to prison. But I got bunches of them that usually within 90 days we had them a job. They met some girl. They didn't like a 930 curfew, and they drop out early, you know. But we just need to get more mentors, and that's the whole key to activating the energy of the church and going. I used to talk to two or three churches on a weekend. I'd go to the 7 o'clock service and the noon service and the evening service at different churches to recruit them to uh, do prison ministry or, or mentoring and things like that. So we just have to keep that on our conscience out here and talk about it at every opportunity. And it is happening. It is much better now. Otherwise, the recidivism wouldn't be down to 22 or 25%. Uh, when I first started, it was 65%. And I'd get on the bus, sure. and I'd tell the guy on the bus. We're on the bus, and I'd say, okay, I want you to look to your left and look to your right. And two out of three of you are going to be locked up again within three years and now it's better it's one out of four and that's because the we have gone out and recruited and shared the benefits of helping folks you're singing my song bill you're singing (laughs) mine too man i love that man uh let's let's uh let's go ahead and uh stop there we're gonna go ahead and go on a break y'all so we can just get a quick break and uh Maybe get some refreshments, and uh, we'll be back, and we'll get back into the guide, Jason. We'll go ahead and keep going on the uh, transitional houses, housing, and then uh, we'll just let you guide us through the guide when we come Sounds back. Sounds uh, Is that good with everybody? Christopher, will you go ahead and take us into the break, sir? You're, you're listening to Cell Life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio.
for inspiration. You're, you're, you're listening to Cell Life with Michael Savalos right now on TPV Radio. Hey everybody, this is Michael coming back to you on Cell Life. Appreciate y'all coming back after the break. We're going to go ahead and get back into this resource guide with Jason and Bill. Jason Song and Mr. Bill Cliver. Uh, we're gonna. I, we're on page two, I believe, which is the uh, transitional housing resources. And Jason, if you just want to go ahead and uh, get jump back in, that would be fine. Appreciate y'all hanging out with me after the break. Okay. Yeah. Let me. I was. I'm part. I'm sorry. I was dancing. So you had. You yeah. Know, yeah. Me too. Let me get. Let me get back. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So, um, I think we might be closer to page three, huh, or going down towards it. 
<laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. It's it's okay though, Michael. Still got an hour. Okay. We're doing, we're doing good. Yes, sir. I know. Um, I need you. Hour. I need you, Jason. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Um, Where we left off, uh, for those of the audience who are just joining us, um, we were uh, talking about um, all of the – everything from hotlines to clothing sources to the several locations that we have um, with uh, connections to transitional facilities. And I think we left off at mentoring. And uh, and as I I said, uh, Bill, you really truly are – um, you're singing what, what I uh, every day, <laughs> everywhere I go. Um, I feel it is my my cause to spread the good word of the importance of prison ministry, and especially the importance of mentoring. Um, I truly believe that um, the the world would be a better place, the restorative justice system would be a better place if every man coming out and woman woman came out of prison had a mentor to guide them along the way. And um, I, I pretty much just about everybody I talk to um, will usually say to me um, either, um, oh, you know, wow, I I didn't know that existed, but but that's a great idea, you know, <laughs> um, because uh, yeah, it's it's not hard to see uh, that uh, in in whatever walk of life that you're in, uh, mentoring is important. Um, someone who has um, been where you're going um, and can guide you, and and it's certainly for somebody coming out of of incarceration after however many years um, that it is, that they can kind of reacclimate and. Uh, Kind of get a leg up and what to do and where to go, and so a lot of the um, the different a lot of the reason why I have visited so many other ministries as it says on my resume, which you so well uh, were so kind to read off, Michael, is I was there because <laughs> <laughs> and she did very eloquent for the second time um, for the second time, Jason. Second time, that's okay. I don't get tired of hearing it. Um, uh, I was there to share about mentoring. Um, I went. I would go to the Kairos weekend to share with the team about mentoring. I would go to the Bill Glass weekend to share about mentoring. I would go <laughs> to Bridges to Life to share about mentoring. Um, and so uh, that was a lot of my, my motivation. I never thought that I was going to build this resource, like this re- uh, resource guide. That was that, I didn't wake up one morning and say – you know, I think I'll create a resource guide today. No, <laughs> that wasn't at all uh, what my intention was, like so many other things um, that I found myself in, including the women's uh, side, which we're going to get to. Uh, but uh, I just I'm, I just found myself passionate about mentoring and serving these guys, and, um, and so I want to connect with people and, and uh, connect them to that. And along that path, other things came. So, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So – I'm, 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 um, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the women because there is definitely, uh, uh, you know, uh, a different uh, housing situations and, you know, all the different things. So you definitely have to, you know, uh, they have to be a separate, uh, uh, you know, because there's there's different uh, situations. But I wanted to uh, – uh, Jason, I w- we have a couple of callers. I'm not sure if they have any questions. We're going to go ahead and check on them or information that they might want to share with us. Uh, okay. I'm going to go ahead and check on them, and then we'll get back into this and get into the ladies' 
uh, part of it, if, if 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 you don't mind. But uh, Christopher, if you will uh, please, uh, Pastor, if you'll check the, uh, the 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 callers and see if they have uh, any questions for us, sir, we'd appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Here we go. I'm up. All right, callers, for the security purposes, we will only read the last four digits of your cell phone number or phone number. 8188, 8188, you are live on Cell Life with Michael Sabalos. God bless you. Hello, caller. How you doing? It's your brother, Mike. Mike, how you doing, bro? Doing okay today? Hey, what's going on, brother Mike? How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Hey, good, quick, good. With, what you got with, for with us today, Jason, Michael? Well, with Jason and everything, here, here's my thing. So even though my time is limited on what I have available, uh, I mean, I'm, I want to devote my free time as much as I can, you know, to helping my brother Mike out. And not just Mike, but, I mean, what he's doing to help serve a greater purpose of, of helping everybody that, that, that's incarcerated. And people also that are coming out. Uh, it just seems like there's so many uh, entanglements, I mean, so much red tape, while we can't help somebody that needs the help. Um, and also with, with saying that, is there anything that we can start, that we can look after, maybe get government funding to help these gentlemen when they come out? There has to be. I mean, they, they deserve that because I know te- Mike, Mike, the tech is taking away the work part where they work and get paid, um, and, and that, needs to be, that needs to be reinforced again. I mean, I think I told, asked Mike about that. If, if, they, if they farm off the land and they work and they pr- produce produce, and they help feed the whole uh, penitentiary, why isn't that paid for anymore? It, it, this doesn't make any sense. What's y'all's two cents on that? Sure. Jason, do you want to add or Bill? Any one of y'all, Bill? And, see, in the old days, they did uh, the farming, and the, the guys took care of the horses and rode the horses and this and that, but uh, there was litigation in there that that was like slavery. So uh, that's not going to come back. And we even had industries where they made furniture and license plates and deals like that. Well, then private enterprise got upset and says, hey, this is the state competing with us. And they so that that part is is pretty much a dead issue. In other states, they do. uh, Or I remember in TDCJ when I sold microfilm equipment and the guys were on the wind unit. On the wind unit, they were getting paid to microfilm credit card slips. The guys were stealing the credit card numbers <laughs> and giving them to the people on the outside. So that makes that one. But I, so that, I used that, to work. That, I used to work in there, uh, Bill. I used to work in there in the typing pool. But they also did all the uh, all the uh, uh, tourism for Texas. They sent out all yeah. these tourism books from there. And a lot of the guys would get the addresses that they were going out to and write, and some of them would marry women through this thing. I mean, it was a crazy deal. This was many, many, many years ago. And other states are more prolific with that. They have uh, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina. They would call, and they'd be calling you on the phone to do all kinds of cruise line trips and things like that. So, you know, we can think about those things. But the important thing is that we do what we can do, and just like you, Michael, or just uh, really just starting this up and 
one of the big things for me for 20 years was fundraising. It takes money to do all of those things. It That's takes right. money just like it took, uh, I don't know if y'all know, ever heard of Burt Thompson, but he was Mr. Restorative Justice, and I learned from him. He would go to three churches every weekend, and he and Emmett Solomon, their vision was that we could get a, every church in Texas to adopt one guy coming out. That's still a, a doable thing, but you have sure to have somebody that go there. You have to have somebody that goes around and does that. And just like me, I'm very fortunate. People would call me wanting a job and everything. I'm fortunate that for almost 20 years, I've been able to earn at least a small stipend to uh, get paid to do ministry. There's not a whole lot of people that get paid to do ministry. And I've really been blessed to do that and paid to go meet people. That that is a blessing. And that is a blessing. We're, it is very you costly. Know, a lot of people don't, you know, I've, I've, I've been traveling the last few weeks. Although I'm in cell, I come out for different uh, events and protests and demonstrations. And, uh, and uh, we were at one yesterday, but pretty much everybody there was using their own money, you know what I'm saying, to, to do exactly. and be and to be where they were. And, uh, you know, and we need to you know, tap into, I don't know, the, the, the psyche of the, of the Texans that have been touched by incarceration, and we need to fuel this, this, uh, well, you know, this, this fight against them. We should not have a problem with money when there's been so many people that have been hurt and touched by incarceration in this state. But and we do. So, but I understand what you, we do need money, Bill, to fight this fight. You don't have, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I did that. You, you can't have a staff of five paid employees and not have money coming in. So yeah, uh, and th- that's. But the, the, this is the important thing: is if we just keep talking and you go to events and use them as networking, and like in Houston, they have that reentry uh, coalition down there. And you have to go and you have to meet people. And then sooner or later, you'll find somebody to say, hey, Michael, you're doing pretty good. How about if I just come help you out over here? Maybe it's just answering the phone or like us when we started that uh, uh, telecare lifeline back in 2002. There was not even a 211 back then. And so I had to develop all those resources. But uh, and they're still going. You have that one eight hundred number, and you got victims of crime. With the main victims we dealt with were the families. Like I victimized my family when I got locked up. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And sure. And then you have pastors call and say, "Hey, I got this guy." Every day there'd be at least three calls a day from pastors saying, "I got this guy coming out, and uh, is there anywhere that I can send him to, or I'll." I'll help pay for him. You know, I've been mentoring this guy for three years, five years, 15 years. And there's people that are willing to to help those guys out, but there's just not facilities for them to go to. And uh, that's why we hold conferences. Uh, We used to do them on a quarterly basis, but but you just have a conference and you can, the conferences pretty much pay for themselves. Uh, we might make a little bit of money, but I can just send out a email 
8,700 email addresses and you just send it out. And from that, it's easy to get 125 to 250 people to show up at a conference. And you ask for 20 or $25, which basically pays for the lunch. And uh, sometimes there's a fee for the facility, but usually I can get a facility free. And it's just you have to create these networking opportunities because there are people sitting around wanting to do things, and they don't know how to do it. They don't know how right. to get started. And I'm I'm, I'm one of them people, Bill. (laughs) But I'm learning. But I'm learning. Hey, I already told you, you just do it one day at a time. Do it 30 minutes a day, and pretty soon it blossoms. Like when I look back, it was I just had a birthday on Friday, and I had all these guys calling me say, "Hey, thank you for helping me when I got out. I got a job. I got two jobs." Hey, I'm married. I got kids. Or hey, hey I'm man. just like you. I'm volunteering, going into prison. You know, that's very. Uh, I didn't get paid much to do prison ministry, but it was very fulfilling. It's kind of like being a teacher. Uh, sure. And, and but the, the, the difference with me and some other people, like people will ask me, "Why do you do prison ministry?" I just tell them, I say, you know, if you've never had your life restored or you've never helped restore another person's life, you really wouldn't understand. <laughs> they get aggravated sure. with me because yeah. I don't want to tell – because I can spend hours. We're going to spend two hours here today, and we won't even scratch the surface of the issues. That's uh, right. You're just, absolutely right. And, you know, I want to say something is, about that. I remember that when the, uh, you know, when the mentors and the, the ministers and stuff, the ministries would come in, that uh, those – you know, those were some very uh, – oh, no, that this is what I did want to say is that people don't really realize how uh, much how much of sponges that people incarcerated are. I mean they just they just soak up the information, and they just want to – you know, they, they truly are sincere. And a lot of times the volunteers get more out of the whole deal than the, than the convicts because it's just a really – it's a really safe place to share. And these convicts are given an opportunity to kind of kind of let go of some of the tension and the stuff that goes on in prison. You know, you kind of get 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 a chance to feel human again. And uh, so, a lot of times, some really cool experiences come out of that. So, yeah, I've absolutely. Uh, I definitely go ahead. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So um, I wanted to go back and address the callers question, which I actually honestly feel like it's a whole other show. Um, but regarding uh, paying, <laughs> paying um, the the guys um, while they're inside. Um, sure. And I wanted to refer to uh, my good buddy and yours, Michael, uh, Mr. Jorge Antonio yes. Renaud, and his book, um, Jorge, if you're listening, you can send me the check in the mail. Um, his book, Behind the Walls, A Guide for Family and Friends of Texas uh, Prison Inmates. And um, for those of you who don't uh, know uh, Mr. Anto- uh, Jorge Antonio Renaud, he, uh, uh, too, uh, has spent uh, nearly three decades incarcerated. And he came out and he wrote a book, and he touched on many subjects, including, obviously, the subject of money. And in Chapter 9, um, he um, outlines um, a proposal uh, regarding uh, paying men uh, in prison for their work. Uh, He says um, that uh, Texas could pay 
inmates one dollar a day. They could they of that dollar they could keep a quarter for a fund to pay victims of violent crime, charge inmates a quarter for rent, put aside a quarter to be paid to that inmate upon his release, and give him a quarter for the occasional purchase at the prison store. In five years, that inmate would have over $450 awaiting for him. In 10 years, almost $1,000. It may not seem like much, but it's more than zero he has waiting for it, which he has waiting for him now, and it could make a world of difference uh, to that inmate on his own trying to succeed. Absolutely. Oh. I love that. I've, I'm glad. You know, I have not read uh, hold his book, but he uh, – I have asked him to come on the show. I'm glad you said something. He kind of made a joke about it yesterday, Jason. I don't know if you remember, but uh, I had asked him to come on the show and he's a very uh, uh, eccentric, very intelligent man, and so he wanted to talk more before we actually uh, came on. So I decided to, you know, uh, ask you to come on. And but so hopefully we'll have Jorge on next week, and he can expound more on exactly what you're talking about. And I'm going to try and uh, read his book this week before I have him on, Jason, because he is a very interesting, very powerful uh, presence. So, you need to give him four uh, hours, though, Mike. Yeah. At least four hours and two, two shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need uh, uh, Christopher, uh, Pastor well, Christopher. I might need four hours next week with uh, with with Jorge. No, I'm just playing. He's just uh, he's got a lot of information. He's been around a long time, and he's a very uh, thoughtful. Very uh, organized, very intelligent man. So I'm so I'm glad you brought him up, and I had a great time with with him and you yesterday, Jason, at the uh, at the demonstration, the heat demonstration in Austin. Uh, but uh, anyway, go ahead, Jason. Bill, I want you I to think, take the floor back. Uh, Bill check has, no, check Bill on Michael, see if he's still there. Yeah, I just wanted to share with you real quick. Yeah, yeah uh, sure, Michael. You know, like restorative justice here in. The United States is related – people mostly think of prison restorative justice. In places like Canada, it's res- social restorative justice. But I wanted to share with you that we know about our United States program, but if you go over to Scandinavia or some of these places in Europe, they, they have, especially for uh, low-risk inmates – they don't have any fences around there, and they have work release programs. And yeah. the inmates wear civilian clothes. The guards wear civilian clothes. It's a whole different approach. The whole community is involved in restoring that individual, and they are allowed wow. to leave the campus. No, yeah, it's been going on for 30, 40 years. Because right, right, but they don't want that here, Bill. They don't want it's, that here. It's, Wait, it's just a culture. It's just a culture. See, what they have is those countries can remember when they had concentration camps. They have an aversion to concentration camps, and they found a new solution. And I'm just sharing this with you so that now you can bring this up, and you can check it in. You can Google it and, and learn about it. But it just starts with us having a conversation. And there are places in Oregon and other places the other states, California, that have work release programs. They go out and they cut timber and, and things like that. Sure. So you know, and, a, and, and they have had those programs here in Texas, but they 
have eliminated them, and uh, they 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 had a program where you could go to a certain unit and work for a certain company that was you know putting people to work for a while, and you made you know twenty or thirty dollars a week or whatever. But and 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 that's that's great. But but I think that we need. I love Jorge's uh, 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 explanation of how it can happen, and uh, it's not that. Um, I mean that is doable. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. And those men will be coming out, so we need to come up with something like that. I definitely. Well, I have I have some of my own ideas that I've been looking at for years, but uh. And plus me and Michael, who called the caller. Mike, are you still on the line? Yeah, Mike, I'm still here. Okay, cool. So me and Michael have talked about a lot of these issues as well about pain, and I've done you know two or three different shows on paying the convict uh, for his labor uh, because they say that they pay us with, with uh, good time and work time, but they but they take that from you the minute you leave. I mean, you don't never get that back. If you ever come back on the same sentence, you don't get that back. That pay just disappears. So anyway. Okay, so uh, this is how you do it. This is how you accomplish these things. Just, just like, uh, okay, they were releasing all the men at the Huntsville bus station. It took us several years to convince them that they needed to have five release points because their families are coming from El Paso, the valley. They, 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 those right. families are for hours. And we would go to explain to them and say, hey, if you have five release points, it's going to cost you less, and there's going to be more families show up, and you won't have to pay for the bus ticket. So finally, right. we got a legislative. No, finally we got a legislature that uh, it wasn't because they cared about uh, prison reform or anything. It was all about the money. But they yeah, figured of course, out. yeah, and yeah, they were going to save uh, money, and they did because now sixty-five percent of the families show up to pick them up. That's a huge savings to TDCJ. That is a huge savings because yeah, because you're right. Huntsville is a central location, but it is very far from a lot of major cities. You know that men are coming out, and they, you know, the Valley, uh, El Paso, uh, Amarillo, everywhere. Uh, So yeah, that is a big deal. The same reason for the recidivism dropping. It wasn't because they were benevolent and nice and all of that. It's because for years we go up there and say, look how much it costs to incarcerate somebody. They say $22,000. I think it's more like $36,000 if you add court costs and stuff like that a year. Oh, yeah. And say, So we talk them into getting reentry coordinators. We talk them into uh, getting rid of the redneck parole officers. That would The parole officers are only supposed to have 70 cases. Most of them have 120, 130 the easiest way for a parole officer to reduce his caseload is to revoke him. You know, most huh. uh, in the old days, no, in the wow. old days, some were retired law enforcement or redneck farmers. And yeah, I remember, days, I remember years ago in the '80s when I was on parole here in Texas. I mean, they would, I mean, they would just threaten you. You, you know, they would just late, tell right? you, "I will send, I will send you back to prison." Your parole officer would tell you, "I will send you back to prison." And it I was, got it was scary. All the time. They would call me and say, hey, I missed my bus or I missed my ride. If I'm 15 minutes late, if you were 15 minutes late to parole, they would revoke you. 
Yeah. Now that is. But it's not that way now. The parole officers no, are not. much more professional. They're much better trained now. And just probably just like you, whenever uh, you were in a bad place or something, hopefully you could talk to your parole officer and they would find you a better place. And so sure. I'm telling sure. you as you create these visions that uh, you, you need the help of the state to do it. And the best way to get the state's help is to figure out a financial gain for the state. And the, the gain there right. is, is them not coming back. Like that, 10 years. I know a lot of guys that did 10 years. I know guys that did 30, 40. I know one guy did 57 years, getting out at 89 yeah. years old. Never made a phone call before. First phone call mm. in his life. Wow. Yeah. So the the benefit is not having to pay for them to be incarcerated and the court fees and all of that stuff. That is hugely expensive. And you just have to stress that in your conversation. Yes, sir. Okay. So, all right. Can we get back to the list. Yes. Okay. Do you want um, uh, uh, Do you want to check on another caller, or do you want to go ahead and jump into the? We I think we have one more caller, Jason, but we can wait. Uh, you're You're the host, Michael. <laughs> well, let me go ahead and check on the caller then. Okay. Uh, hey, Mike, uh, hey, Christopher, Mike, do we hey, still Mike. have someone on the on the line? Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so, Mike, somebody was trying to get your attention, Mike. Oh, okay. Hey Mike, real, real quick, I think Jason did just mention, so like paying a dollar. So, like I said, I've done management for, you know, almost 30 years. I pay a waiter two thirteen an hour. Why isn't the, the state of Texas can't pay a, a convict to do uh, – an inmate to do that same amount of work, whatever he's doing, two thirteen an hour. That 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 amount of money could have paid for everything from uh, health benefits to um, fixing fixing the, the prison, anything the correct way. I mean, two thirteen an hour. That, that's what we pay a waitress. So I don't Absolutely. understand why I I, I can't understand why we can't afford to pay an inmate that. I don't. It, and it, that's what we're we need to work on. Absolutely. Absolutely, okay. well, I, I absolutely agree with you. Let's, no let's go ahead, uh, Michael. I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next caller, uh, Christopher. You will you it, patch, thank you, Michael, for calling in, and I'll holler at you later, brother. I appreciate you. Love you, man. Thank you. Love you too, Chris. Can you check All on right. the other caller for us, please? Uh, yes, sir. Twenty-seven ninety-one. Twenty-seven ninety-one. You are live on Cell Life with Michael Cavallos. God bless you. Hello, caller. How you doing? Hello? Uh, Do we have... Okay, that's all right. Go ahead, Jason. We're going to go ahead and get into the rest of this. Uh, excellent. The rest excellent. Of this. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, okay. Jason. No, I was just okay, like, you, you, you did have one more caller, but you want me to pass them through or no? Uh, yeah, go ahead and pass it through real quick. All right. 95-14, you are on the air. God bless you. How Hello? you doing? This is Cell Live. Caller, how are you? I'm good. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. You have a question okay. for someone or you well, got something um, to share I with us? I on. I was a little bit late, and um, I was hearing about how, you know, inmates um, – 
I, I, I know about Jorge. I've never met the man, but I, I do see him on Facebook on occasion and stuff like that. But $1 is, you know, I understand that, you know, it's at least something. But um, these men work for years. And what you guys have not talked about are the lifers. So when you, when you do it, let's just say we did get paid. And, but right now in Texas, they don't. So, so they're saying that they're going to give you some good time. They're going to, you know, take some time away from you. But what about the lifers? What about LWOPs? What what about them? They get nothing. So that's what I'm not understanding. Something has to change. Absolutely, absolutely. And even even the people that have aggravated time, ma'am, do not get the pay that they that the state says because they they get the good time and they get the work time, but it doesn't count towards anything. So absolutely, how, we how, definitely need to take a look at that. Be? So, so how 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 could they offer something but yet not offer something? How do they get away this, with that? Well, this is how it works. This is how it works. Let me explain to you how it works. In America, we come from the old English law, and it's called retributive justice. That's me. I believe in restorative justice, but the way that Amen. our culture in the United States works is called retributive justice. And it comes from the old English law where, like, if you killed a deer or you committed any crime, it was a crime against the king. So here in Texas, when I got locked up for uh, possession of drugs, it was the state of Texas versus Bill Clyber. Do you follow how that works? Right. It's a sin against the state, and the state is demanding retribution. And then we also have a victim uh, 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 like mothers against drunk driving and, and people like that that are they have a huge lobby that they're lobbying against so what we're doing and what we have created over the year is a theme for restorative justice and in, in restoring these lives there's more value in doing that than uh, creating we've, we've just created the third world you get out like me. I got out three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. I can't get a job doing. It. I can't work for a Fortune one hundred company ever again. Uh, so, and she was asking, how do we do this? The way we do it is what we're doing right here now. Is we're talking it. We're exchanging ideas. It's going all across the United States now. They're they're formulating ideas. And we just got to try different things and find out what works. And like I told you, the way to do it is tell the state where they're going to save money. And I get, do you definitely save money when you restore these lives and give them a leg up and give them some self-esteem, you know, to hold that job? They're going to be better behaved on the inside. Uh, so you just got to find out what the benefits are there. And okay, so you were, talking, you were talking about there's five points of release. So that's new. They're, they're not all being released in Huntsville. But when we wanted to pick my brother up from Huntsville, they did not allow us because he was going to have a um, – because he's on parole. So even though we and had family members, anybody would have wanted – anybody would have picked him up. Anybody. But they put him on a bus uh, and um, to where he was going to be um, living. But, but I don't understand why they didn't allow us who ha- – we haven't seen him for four years, maybe longer, okay. but we still were not I'll allowed to be at Huntsville when he was released. I'll explain it to you because I did this every day. Not only did I go and meet the men being released from prison every day, 
<coughs> we also had volunteers that sat with the families like you. And they come up there and they find out that their loved one is going to be released. And then they get there and they find out that they are going to be released, but they're not going to be allowed to go to the bus station. They have these private facilities like the Reed Center. We were talking about them earlier. So the Reed Center has its own vans that come up there and get them. They don't take a chance yeah. on that individual. Well, you know about the centers. You know about the centers in South Houston and, and how horrible that was. He got released there, and it was the worst. It was. It is. It was drug it, infested. It, it, it was insane. I couldn't talk to my brother. They wouldn't. They would hang up on you. They would say, "Hold on." They just don't care. But they're getting I so under, much funding I from the government. They're I, making billions. That's not a good deal. That's not a good deal. That's why we need more halfway houses. We need more mentors. It's not a good system, and that's why we have to, uh, like we. We lobbied and run these programs, get on the bus. We have people from all over Texas that get on the bus and went to Austin. And each one of them, we coached them how to go and talk to their representatives and everything. Uh, he, he, just like uh, the right to vote. I'm on the committee for the national right to vote. And in Texas, we had unlock your vote because uh, George Bush was forced. Uh, they had a two-thirds majority in Texas when you release and you're off paper you have the right to vote personally i believe you should have the right to vote while you're in prison that's what they do over in me too me too i want to vote so bad i've never voted look i need to kind of reel this in we need to kind of go ahead and get through this guide ma'am i want to thank you i hope I, i hope some of your questions were answered we want to get through this guide because we have some of the women's uh uh things that we need to get to uh so thank you so much caller thank you yeah go ahead you know, the next time that you're um, looking for some new show ideas, I think you've got a couple now today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think you've got some great show ideas out of this today um, that we can yeah. go with. But, uh, but yeah, but, you know, uh, to the caller's point, there are a lot of a lot of different um, offenders or uh, you like to, the word inmate. There's a, a, a lot of different cases that people have. You know, there's the lifers and, there's, and, and whatnot. And, and there's another uh, segment of of the community um, that society doesn't like to think about, doesn't like to talk about, um, and those are known as our sex offenders, or we we uh, we paraphrase it, or we uh, abbreviate SOs. Yeah, the SOs also need somewhere to go, and as you can imagine, right. the stigma of 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 being an SO. Um, it, life is, is a little, uh, and, and, you know, again, you know, we're all God's children. We all sin. Um, and so I try to look at them. Um, it's not for me to judge that's, you know, between them and, and, and the Lord. And so my job is simply to help them as well in the same way I would help anyone else. And so, um, what I have on this list is designated the places that will accept SOs. Um, so that is very, very important to have. Is uh, again, it's not as many, but it's, there's not going to be as many places for them. But there are places that's right. for them as well. Yes. yes. And that's excellent. I'm so glad that you that 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 that, that you put that in here because it is very important. Because I've seen I've seen men, so many men, month after month, sit there trying to find a place to go because you know because of their crime. So yeah, it's right. definitely a uh, 
definitely an issue. So go ahead, uh, Jason. I want you to go ahead and just okay. take over wait, and wait, just kind of get get this resource guide. Let's talk Might about Bill. Bill's got something on SOs. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, so Bill. We accepted we accepted SOs in both of my halfway houses, and I've dealt with them extensively. And just so you know, as a talking point, to give you something to talk about, SOs have the same. Uh, can't think of the word. Where recidivism rate as murderers two percent. Two percent. Yeah, very low. Now, of that two percent, ninety-eight percent of the SOs that are sent back to prison, ninety-eight percent of them are because they don't have an address. See, if they're they're they have right, you have to have a registered address within one week. So if today you get sideways with the manager at your halfway house and they kick you out, for or or any address, even then you have one week. You have one week to give the state a new address. Now, yeah, no they, matter what, no matter what position you're in, you got one week. You got one week, okay? So, when you don't do that in one week, and you haven't reported it to the state, so it may be a year later, two years later, three years later, and you get pulled over by the police, they're not going to come hunt you down. Because they know you're going to get a ticket or you're for some infraction, and they say, hey, you didn't report this, and we're going to lock you up again. No, it happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. They even give time. They will even give you more time for not registering or for not changing. I mean, it is crazy. I've seen guys get time for it. Yes. So I, I just wanted to bring that point up. My point is this, because I've worked with hundreds of them. And it is a very low recidivism rate, and your fault, my fault, whatever well, what, that is. Personally, I don't ask anybody what they were locked up for. If they want to volunteer to me, that's fine. But uh, but people hear about sex offenders and they think this and that, and yeah. I can't tell you the number of guys that uh, were locked up and they're, they got sideways with their wife or their girlfriend, and they told the police one thing, and then they try to recant it, and the police won't take it once a that's right. right. The state picks it up. The state picks it up and runs with it. All right, let's go ahead with the guys so, there, but I just want you know, to get you because some because I know I know Michael loves the ladies. I love the ladies, so let's talk about the ladies. Hey man, okay. let's uh, talk about the ladies. Let's do right. it. Go ahead, so, Jason. I'm, so so <laughs> so I was res- I was inspired to add a female transitional resource page in this guide simply because. Um, man, I, I really do. I really do love um, the, the the ladies out, the women out in in this in this community, and the you know the women of God that I've met who want to serve, who want to get involved. You know, I was I was Amen. initially obviously introduced to men's prison ministry, and so that was kind of my train of thought when I was out to the events and and communi- connecting with people. But I had I had more women approach me than I was prepared for asking me how they also could serve and so that sent me in the direction of okay let me find out how i can help get you connected and then once i've got you connected to doing what i'm doing at the women's unit well then also we need to collect the same amount of data for women 
and something that that probably is is not uh, especially commonly known, uh, maybe among three of us we do, but um, in general public is that uh, female incarcerated is one of the fastest growing populations in this country. Um, in fact, it grows at double the rate of men, and so um, we yeah we need wow. to be prepared for that. And so um, while and that, and so. Looking at this page, um, if the callers or the listeners who can't see it, I don't have as many uh, resources for them. Um, primarily, a lot of them are uh, in Houston. Um, there's about six <laughs> um, houses right now. But again, for those, for any of you who are listening um, and do have connections in wherever and know of, of resources for women, we are badly in need of them because um, because we, we can't leave out um, the women who are transitioning because um, they face a whole mess of challenges coming out. Um, one of the things that I know, uh, Michael, we've uh, I, I shared on your show, your nightly show, is the lack of support that women have. Um, is, as Michael and I know, we've got the, the rally group uh, here in Houston. We've got a lot of great women who are have uh, their husbands, their brothers incarcerated, and they are out there, and they are supporting and standing by their men. Um, and where are the men? Where are the men that are standing by the women and rallying for them? Uh, and unfortunately, there isn't, so, there isn't as much as that. Um, the little bit of time that I have spent working in the women's prison ministry, um, I heard pretty much nothing but stories of that they were victimed. They were um, uh, act, the victim of actions of their husband that abused them, their father that abused them, or somebody that got them hooked on drugs and set them on this life. And so uh, when they come out, they've got the abusive boyfriend waiting to abuse them some more. Um, they've got uh, the, you know, the, you know, this Houston's a huge hub for, um, for sex trafficking. Um, and so sure. they've got to be careful that they don't fall into those traps of falling victim again and being set in the wrong lifestyle. And so, again, that is why it's all the more important that we have effective, we have good, solid, faith-based resources for the ladies. And so that is what I do have a page of that uh, in the next uh, area of this guide is for the ladies. And All right. So while you're talking about the ladies, I want you to think about this. Number one, the, the biggest additional issue that the women have is they have children to take care of when they get out. Their child has been with their mother or their grandmother. So, one, they have that. And also there aren't as many ministries offering the women clothes. Like in Houston, yes. we had a Methodist church over in Kingwood. The ladies would get out of Dayton unit, and the sergeant over there would call them, and they would go meet them at the Houston bus station and take them across the street to Salvation Army and give them clothes and stuff. And then the same way I can remember when I got out of Harris County, uh, they let you out at like 1, one o'clock in the morning or not, whatever. They let these women out. They don't have any money or anything, and there's pimps out there right then saying, oh, yeah, I'll they got taxis out there yeah. anywhere, but you, you got to help me and you, you know, sex trafficking and stuff. So uh, there's some additional things, and there are people working on it. But, again, it's important for us to talk about and make – people don't know this. People do not know this. They're not aware. They're and, watching Netflix. And, Bill, Bill let, let, me, let me add on to this as well. Here's something disgusting that happens that I want to share. Um, the pimps are sending the women money. Inside the unit, yeah. sending, putting the money on their books. So as soon as that yeah. that woman comes out, she's already indebted to that pimp. 
Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. I tell you, yeah. it's all about the money, baby. Yep, it's all about the money, man. Well, and not on sale life. We're all about trying to help these ladies get it together, man. Let's yeah. uh, yeah. uh so, do we have uh yeah, let's let's go ahead and go a little bit more into the ladies' diet, if you will, a little bit. Uh, well, brother. Uh, I, I, again, that's kind of all I have is I've got you know a list. Okay. Of, you know, I don't need to go through the name of of, uh, of the places. We'll make it available, and you can see the names of the different places. But again, the majority of them are pretty much all in, in Houston. I think there's one in Humble. Um, but let's let's go on to getting it together. Let's go on to getting uh, employment. <laughs> let's let's talk about yes. getting a job. Um, so um, the first the first listing I have here is our workforce solutions, which is available to anybody, right? Um, so that's going to be uh, that's where you're going to go, and you're going to be able to file unemployment, right? Um, so. <laughs> All that's there. Um, then you've got uh, Work Faith Connection, which is a great program as well that they actually specialize in working with um, folks who are just coming out of prison um, and, and helping them to transition uh, their their skill set and, and get back on their feet again. Um, and finally, uh, there's an amazing program that is called the Texas Offender Reentry Initiative, the TORI program, and that's out of Dallas, Texas. And that is uh, actually connected to uh, the Potter's House. Pastor T.D. Jakes uh, runs that, and they uh, run some amazing uh, programs as well uh, as far as um, classes and whatnot to help you get your on your feet. So um, that's, those aren't necessarily like companies that will hire you, but they are, those are companies that will help you connect to the companies that will hire you. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. 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 Um, yeah. So uh, – Following that, there's a huge list of, of uh, again, as I call it, it's called felon-friendly employers list. And again, it's, I mean, it's it, it's it's uh, several, <laughs> it's it's quite extensive, and it's not we're not going to list all the names here. Again, it'll all be available um, through the website and through Michael. Um, and the last little bit, Michael, that I want to talk about that I've added on, on sure. here is the um, welcoming Houston area churches. So. Church, church. So you've got somewhere to stay. You've got a job. Um, now you need to make sure that you are connected uh, and you have somewhere to worship, somewhere that you feel comfortable. Now again, this is gonna, this is, this is something that not everybody talks about. Um, but the truth is, there's generally two different types of churches. So there's the seeker, the seeker-friendly churches, and there's the sender-friendly churches. And they both, they're both. Not to say that one is, is, is worse than the other, um, but uh, the sender-friendly churches are just that. <laughs> they have amazing programs, yeah. and they send m- large groups, massive groups of volunteers out into the, the mission field, including the prisons. Um, however, uh, Michael, if, if you show up – and not, not that Primo knows what Michael looks like. He doesn't look like this at all, but, but if you show up with tattoos <laughs> on your face and – and um, they're the kind of churches that they're going to kind of – they're going to look at you funny. Um, they're going to grab their child's hand and bring them a little closer, and they're going to step aside from you um, because you don't look like them. Um, it, it's, just, it's just how it is. Uh, and so that, that's, and that's fine because, again, those churches are very strong often at sending um, missions and sending people out. Um, however, the problem is – is that I just got out and I need a church family to call home. 
And so I come and people look at me funny because I've got the tattoos and I look, I look just like I got out and, and people are afraid of me and I'm going to get really discouraged. And that's going to be a huge, I, I may, in fact, I may not go back to church at all. And, and I may, you know what, maybe I will go get a drink instead, you know? And so these are just the things that we you need to think about uh, with stumbling blocks uh, for our brothers and sisters who come, who come back, making sure they don't get, they don't stumble over the, the, the home, the resource, the transitional center that can't have them right now. Um, or, or certainly uh, the church that just isn't especially welcoming. Um, and so what sure, I've done is I've identified yeah. a list of churches, and that list is by no means complete. <laughs> by no means complete. I'm sure there's many, and we're not going to go. We're not going to list the churches either. We're not going to name anybody. But, but there is a list of churches um, that I have. I know for certain they uh, do. In fact, they do welcome anybody, and they have. You know, I, I know uh, one church. Um, I know guys who. Uh, they are on the mis- on the um, ministry team. Uh, they they take the collection. Yeah, they pa- they're the ones that pass the plate to you <laughs> to put your tithe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are they are fully welcome. In fact, one of the guys told me that he actually did serve time for robbery, uh, but but the church said, okay, that's all right. You know, we still welcome you, brother. And so that's the kind of atmosphere that we want to make sure that our brothers and sisters are put in. And so again, that is why I put the listing of the, 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 the welcoming churches. Go ahead, Bill. So Go, ahead, you, you Go ahead, Bill. Stop and think about this. Church on the inside is much different than church on the outside. Exactly. The church on the inside, they're really not supposed to uh, recruit for a certain. It's more of a universal theme. And they right. can't be real outgoing. But the other thing is, they never saw offering plate on the inside. <laughs> That's kind right. of right. So the thing is, is is you have to find those churches that that have learned the benefits of restoring lives, and yes. they're putting their faith in action. Yes. And and it's not only for them, but how about the sex offenders? Right. There's churches that won't. Amen. They don't accept sex offenders. Even a, yep. a very well, uh, a high, a church with high prison ministry, and they found out that one of my managers was a sex offender, and they, <laughs> and they didn't even know what they were talking about. But there's ways to overcome that. We have, we have a church brother that sits with them. They search, They don't go near the children, and there's a way to overcome those. So I just want to. These are all great things, and these are great aspects. And it, as you go forward, you'll find other things to add to this list to help them. And Michael, I had talked to you earlier about my wife. She does uh, yes, youth sir. ministry down the bus station, and I have her here. And I thought maybe you could just let her talk for a second about volunteering. You're talking about how sure, to volunteer. Sure, sure, absolutely. Her, Hello. Her name is. Her name is Amy. Here she is. Hey. Hello, Hi, Amy. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing how Bill said good, I got good. her here. Well, I live here, okay? <laughs> we don't have we don't have a, a whole bunch of time, but you've got about two or three minutes uh to share whatever you'd like because we're fixing to go off the air in about five minutes. But go ahead. 
Okay, Maybe. it won't take long. I used to always tell the gentlemen that I met, and I met some very interesting people, never disrespectful. I just want to add that. These guys, if you want to volunteer, they're really nice. You're, you're at your safest place probably with a bunch of men just gotten out of prison. Seriously. And um, I always say, you know, volunteer. Volunteer if you're looking for a job. A, it's going to get you exposed to people. You can be nice people that volunteer also. B, there's another advantage. When they ask you, what have you been doing while you're looking for work for three months or whatever, you're not going to say, well, I've just been looking for work. I've been laying around. Whatever. You're going to say, I've been volunteering at, and you fill in the blank. And I, because I didn't want That's to, right. I wanted to help my community. I want to be a part of my community, not a, not a hindrance. And that'll help you get that job. You're also going to meet a lot of nice people that might turn your volunteer work into a job. And you're going to be busy. If you step home and you just worry about, I don't have a job. I don't have anything to do. What are you going to do? What does what an idle person do? You're going to drink. You're going to drug. You're going to go back to that old crowd. And that's what got you in prison in the first place. You know, being that's right. bored or lonely or tired or not having anything to do, it'll keep you busy. If that's the all of you, that's great. And then you're going to get that also benefit of volunteering and being part of something. And it's going to be done for sure. If you've never done it, do it. It's awesome. It really feels great. That's really why people do it. You want to help, but then you go, wow, I feel great about this. I'm a good Right, person. right, right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you yeah. so much, Amy, for sharing that with us. And I want to thank Bill and Jason for coming on the show. Jason, do you have any last uh, things you would like to say before we sign off? Um, just um, it, for anybody who is interested in um, either uh, mentoring, and uh, obviously we're kind of on lockdown right now, but when we get back up, we're going to be ready to go uh, full steam, and uh, we want a whole new uh, batch of new volunteers to serve. And uh, if you have, uh, you know a resource or you know an apartment uh, that does uh, rent out to ex-felons, you know, Send uh, Michael. Michael, you'll connect uh, uh, with me or Bill, uh, and let us know because, yeah, we want to c- keep continuing this, this list and, and help as many people as we can. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jason and Bill. Thank you. Bill, you have any last words you'd like to say? No, I just uh, appreciate y'all thinking about me and thinking about being part of something bigger than yourself and – you're doing a great job. We love you very much. Amen. Well, thank you. We love you, Bill and Jason. We love you. We thank you so much. I want to go ahead and just uh, close us out. We're going to go ahead and say a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we've spent together, Lord. Father, we just ask that you continue to just guide us and, and, and teach us the things we need to know, Father, in order to, to, to restore ourselves, Father. So that we can move freely in this world, Father, just just like everyone else, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so uh, this is Cell Life, y'all. This is Michael Ceballos. Uh, It is day 110 in this year-long experiment into personal transformation, which is going uh, crazy. I'm doing a lot of of work, a lot of really cool work. and uh, and we're also educating society on the different issues that comics face inside and outside the walls. We will be posting this resource guide on our Facebook uh, page on Michael Savios and Cell Life. We love y'all so much. We thank y'all for tuning in, and we will see y'all next week at 4:30 on Sunday. And y'all have a great week.
We'll see y'all later. This is Still Life and Michael Smiles. Amen. Bye, guys. TPV Radio, Central Texas. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.